2: the unexpected. As they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Oh, hello. Hi. You know, it's it's
0: it's wonderful being married to you. We've been together for so many years, and yet still I learned things about you that I did not know.
1: Okay.
0: For example, today I learned that when you're getting a tattoo, you fart. <laughs> And there's a scientific reason behind that.
1: Well, I don't know that it's every time I get one. I just happened to notice that today was rough
0: for you or the tattoo artist.
1: Well, uh, my idol and a sweet, gorgeous lady uh, Autumn, who does my tattoos, I don't think noticed it until I brought it up. Or at least she didn't seem she didn't she didn't <laughs> let me know that she did.
0: She wasn't all like. Wow, what what, it smells a little bit like low tide with a hint of ham.
1: Did you have lamb curry for
0: lunch? (laughs) But I only bring this up. I don't bring it up to embarrass you. It's for Um, scientific research purposes. Um, There actually is a scientific principle behind that. When you're you're nervous or just a little bit edgy, you inhale, you breathe more and you inhale more and there's a, a larger, there's a greater chance that you're going to swallow some air. Which in turn...
1: That is the way that it was described to me, that it is possible that uh, because your breathing is is changed and because you could be swallowing more air, that you could be gassier.
0: So there you go. Tattoos
1: give me gas.
0: (laughs) That's a nice tattoo, by the way.
1: Thank you. She does great work. She absolutely does. Highly recommend. Five stars. That's what I I would put and actually have put on the Three Graces uh, review page five stars oh don't go in there if you're afraid of vaginas <laughs> I'm not sure what that means exactly <laughs> there's but... some art in there that might oh, be
0: vagina art yeah oh yeah that's right because she's also a, a painter as yeah well. she's an
1: artist of all types yeah
0: annie Housel, you go first here we go now
1: speaking of vaginas oh no what Is your story about vaginas?
0: No, but I just was, we were talking about vaginas, and now you're talking about vaginas. Yeah,
1: but you said, oh, no.
0: But that was meant as a term of excitement, like, oh, no, like that. Oh, it didn't
1: sound like it. Okay. It sounded like I left the mustard at the store.
0: Listen, I am am always in favor of talking about vaginas. That's fine. I'm (laughs) pro-vagina.
1: Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the uh, unusual reproductive habits of animals.
0: Oh, all right.
1: Bizarre mating rituals. (laughs) Okay. Autumn, actually, while I was getting my tattoo today, told me about a series that isabella rossellini made called green porno and it's amazing <laughs> i watched some clips of it today i can't wait to just binge on the whole thing because it's incredible and i will be watching it immediately after we finish recording
0: green porno mm-hmm. okay all right okay
1: and it deals with with
0: this kind of thing excellent
1: let's start with the angler fish so you know the deep op- ocean fish with that sure. little guy hanging off of his head it's terrifying it, 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 right yeah. uh it, it's not easy Finding a mate no, when, you're when you're an
0: anglerfish, scary as hell, like that.
1: So, lady anglerfish make the most of it when they do, and um, they fuse with the male anglerfish. So you know how some animals tie they when they breed they they connect. There is some some sort of biological thing happens. They end up connected, like dogs.
0: Okay, yeah, like an arrowhead,
1: right on yes. the penis. Yep, yeah. So with these guys, uh, they do it, but to an extreme. They become attached, and they actually share a circulatory system. Oh,
0: that's weird.
1: The male receives his nutrients from the female, and the female gets the sperm from the dude fish.
0: Seems like a fair trade.
1: Males, though, have it a little rough because females confuse with more than one male.
0: At a time? Yep. So Whoa! Yeah, Wow. Yeah, they've got to
1: but that means also that the female has to provide for all these attached dude fish. So
0: it's like a, a marine life gangbang.
1: It's like that, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, which actually happens a lot. Mm. Yeah, in in reading up on unusual uh, mating behaviors, I learned about a lot of group <laughs> sex.
0: Wow, mm-hmm.
1: especially like. Uh, Certain types of garter snakes, they do what's called a mating ball. Oh, It's it's a little upsetting.
0: I've seen a photo or actually video of that, and um, I needed to go into a dark room for a moment and just chill the fuck out because that was horrifying.
1: It's a little upsetting. Yeah, for sure. Pufferfish. Now, in this situation, the pufferfish dude is looking to attract a lady pufferfish. And he's got to put a lot of hard work in to do this. So he spends days and days and days at the bottom of the ocean creating patterns to attract ladies. So he uses his fins and he puffs air to create divots in the sand, which make shapes that make like kind of like crop circles.
0: Wow. That
1: will catch the eye of Lady Pufferfish. He can spend up to a week... Making this beautiful shape in the in the sand, um, and he has to do it quickly. He has to work nonstop because the current can destroy it. Obviously, yeah. yeah. So they can reach up to seven feet in diameter, and if the ladyfish likes the looks of it, <coughs> she'll come over and lay her eggs in the center of his creation.
0: Okay, so so he's creating a piece of art to attract women. That's right. It's pretty much my best work.
1: It's also kind of like a nursery. Right. So he's, he's yeah.
0: It's an art nursery. Right. Okay. He's
1: building her a nursery or something. It's gorgeous and amazing, and he works so hard, and it's really nice. It's really nice what he does.
0: I wonder if they feel dejected if they spend all this time creating this beautiful work of art slash nursery, and then the female puffer fish goes... No, that's a little too self-absorbed. I don't really see what you're trying to to do here. I think it's really just all about your ego. And then just swims off to another...
1: Oh my gosh. That uh, must be heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, because pufferfish are known to be art critics.
1: Oh yeah, from way back. Mm -hmm. Always with their high neck shirts.
0: Yeah, and their pipes.
1: Garden snails. So snails are... Hermaphrodites, um, and they've got uh, both parts. Right. So rather than uh, deciding uh, who gets to be the male, uh, both snails are actually impregnated with garden snails. Wow. And the way that they do it is a little strange. So they inject sperm. By stabbing the other one with a sharp reproductive organ, it's called a, like a love spear.
0: I've heard that term, but
1: and no, it's, it's not a, in the
0: animal world. Right,
1: it's a real thing. Mm. Um, and if they can overdo it, so sometimes they can be stabbed to the point where they die, um, yeah. which isn't great for uh, reproductive. a reproductive yeah. session. That's that's the end goal. Shouldn't be death. <laughs> But it does happen way more than uh, you'd think. I was reading about a type of mole or a vole, a little rodent guy uh-huh. um, who is way into uh, finding as many ladies to breed with as he can during mating season. Um, so much, though, so that he does not take time to eat or groom or anything else. He's just On the prowl and can mate with a singular lady for up to 12 hours and they do this to the point of exhaustion and then they die like they just they just breed until they die speaking of hermaphrodites
0: that's the title of this episode
1: (laughs) the alderia modesta uh which are slugs uh they do wage wars to figure out who is going to carry the eggs and who will fertilize and they partake in these duels by way of penis fencing. <laughs> so uh, it looks like they're trying to stab each other without mm. you know, being stabbed themselves. Sure. Because being stabbed means becoming impregnated. Oh. So sperm can be injected anywhere on the animal in order to fertilize. So they've just got to get a stab in. That's and it. all of a sudden, they're the man. Uh-huh. They're the la- the other slug is the lady.
0: So, in their world, that would make them the victor.
1: It would make them the the male in that breeding pair.
0: Well, they're fighting for toward an objective, which is to see who could stick the other person first. Right. right. Yes. Okay. So the person, well, the uh, the animal that sticks the other first would be the victor. What a sexist species!
1: I would agree because. The female is the one who has to carry the eggs and do all of the the care and mm-hmm, such. Sure. Um, so being the male in that species is the easier of the roles, which is why they, they work so hard to not have to carry the eggs.
0: Yeah, I can get on board that.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very similar to
0: a yep. lot of species.
1: Yep. All right. The Lymex Maximus. Uh, the leopard slug is... Uh, well known for having a very unusual mating ritual that involves them dangling from trees by a long slimy cord and then <laughs> kind of scritching around each other with their wangs out <laughs> and they they tw- get all twisted up in each other and it it's quite a spectacle and their their dangs are blue so they wow. uh, it's it's bright and flashy it's really It's quite a sight to see.
0: So it's a multicolored jungle sausage party.
1: Yes, also known as a cave of swords.
0: Callback number one.
1: The Greater Sage Grouse, is a bird and the spring mating season is a big deal obviously and the males have a very specific dance that they do and dancing is a popular way to attract ladies in the bird realm
0: also in the 70s
1: less cocaine with birds
0: though <laughs> yeah that's probably probably a wise move on their part the uh, birds are so smart <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true <laughs> Uh, a sage grouse attracts females and shows his uh, male skills by strutting and inflating specialized air sacs that are on his chest. So uh-huh. he kind of like puffs up yeah he, he puffs and it and they shoot out of his feathers and <laughs> make these like almost like boob balloons. It's real fancy. Uh, He also makes very weird, loud sounds that are like a vocalization and also the friction from the chest feathers like rubbing together. It sounds almost like a cricket chirping. Really? It's pretty fancy.
0: So there are a lot of different sensory stimuli that that attracts the opposites. Well, that's, that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, he touches all the bases. Yeah, he does. The bird of paradise. Another bird that really takes to dance to uh, attract the ladies so the bird of paradise has this specialized set of feathers that is around if he were a person shape it would be around his chest region but Mm -hmm. because he's a bird it kind of sits differently sure you know how sometimes birds are shaped differently (laughs) than humans are i've heard that rumor anyway what he does is he uh flips his feathers out so it's almost like he's wearing a a big feather tutu and it makes him appear like six times his actual size but in a very distinct oval shape Hmm. and then the feathers have markings on them so that it looks like he's got two tiny eyes and then a big gross blue smile Um, but he's just a circle
0: so he's like a giant feather smiley face
1: yes But it doesn't even look like feathers. It just looks like a weird black circle with a giant creepy smile.
0: Can you imagine being in the jungle and being wasted on ayahuasca Mm. and running across something like that? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why I don't trip in the woods.
0: No, that's not a good idea. Unless you're properly supervised by a shaman.
1: I'm rarely properly supervised.
0: (laughs) That's the thing I love about you the most. That was part of our mating ritual.
1: (laughs) I don't know what that means. I don't either.
0: I'm not sure.
1: I think our mating ritual involved too much Malibu rum. (laughs) (laughs) And billiards.
0: Billiards, yes. Uh, Oh, yes.
1: So sometimes the key to a successful mating session is deciding whether or not the lady is ready to mate. And sometimes, you know, the right the animal's got to be in heat. Sure. Sometimes she's just got to be into it. In the case of giraffes, uh, a female giraffe has to be in heat for things to go down. And a male giraffe has kind of a tough time figuring out if she's in heat or not. It's <laughs> not like a... A smell or, yeah, yeah. you know, something that you can see from far off. She's not wearing a pin. So he drinks her urine.
0: Uh-huh. <sighs> really? Yeah. That's... that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sure. Uh, and she might not have to pee. He sneaks up behind her no. and rubs his head on her backside until yeah. urine is forced out of her and then he drinks it uh-huh yeah okay which i think would you know indicate that you're already in some sort of relationship
0: but not in the giraffe world no 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 they're far more european let me see if european
1: anyway that's how that's done
0: that's wow
1: can you imagine
0: Mm, no i mean Mm, no
1: think about it just for a minute
0: no (laughs) what no you mean if if humans had to yep yeah um
1: like you're out at a bar
0: no and you're scoping out the (laughs) chicas and
1: you're like oh that girl looks nice
0: and you just go over (laughs) and stick your head in her loin area and force urine out no Especially if it's like two for one well drinks. <laughs> you know, that's just a recipe for disaster.
1: Girl, you need to lay off. I am drunk off this urine. <laughs> How is your liver still functioning? <laughs> Bees. Bees have an interesting thing that they do. So when a lady bee is ready to breed, she can actually like hold on to semen for a long period of time until she's ready to lay her eggs so she kind of gets it and then saves it for later but males actually have the ability to get in there and take out that old semen What? and put in their new semen
0: okay so like rival semen right they're extracting rival semen right they're rival semen extractors
1: bitch I know you got Reggie semen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Reggie <laughs> in your mind the bee is named Reggie yeah okay
1: yeah um <laughs> So the. (laughs) Anyway, they avoid this competition uh, by. penis duel? No, Mm. when the male uh, gets his his junk in Mm -hmm. to uh, release his semen Uh, his testicles will explode (laughs) and break off his penis inside the female so that seals off the chance that someone else is going to get in there and scoop out the semen (laughs) that
0: seems like a pretty big price to pay
1: yeah he dies (laughs)
0: yeah
1: he dies sure
0: he does (coughs) whoa (laughs) i'm glad i'm not a bee
1: yeah i mean me too because that would be weird yeah did you want to go to dinner tonight? or I love you.
0: Bees are into some fucked up shit. I
1: don't know if they're into it so much, but.
0: Well, they are until their testicles explode. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the nursery web spider. Nursery web spiders take a beautiful gift and they wrap it up in pretty white silk and they bring it to the female and they say, I brought you a gift. Ooh. I hope that you like this. Yeah. I hope that that leads to some action maybe later.
0: Well, that's thoughtful and romantic even.
1: It really is. Um, he, When she accepts it, he starts mating with her immediately. Ah. Um, and she unwraps and eats the meal while he's doing his stuff. and um,
0: So she's actually eating while he's...
1: Yeah. Okay. That happens a lot, too.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, there are certain insects that will bring food to a lady mm-hmm. and breed with her the whole time she eats. And then once she's done, she's like, get off of me. <laughs> uh, but if he finishes for anyway, it doesn't it matter. Doesn't okay. matter. Yeah. Um, so the nursery web spider uh, does often lie and he might suck the juices out of the present before he gives it to her.
0: Oh, or so it's like giving, giving somebody a cubic zirconia and telling them that it's a diamond. Yeah. Mm. Just like that. Just to get a little.
1: Right. Or sometimes he might just bring her a stick.
0: A stick.
1: Yeah, but wrapped up real pretty. So it takes her a while to unwrap it I and get see. into it and right. figure out that it's a stick. Guys, The, the female right. will, will like weigh it and be like, oh, this looks nice indeed. Mm-hmm. And while she's unwrapping it, he's getting his business going. Sure. But as <laughs> soon as like, she discovers that it's a twig. God damn it. It's done. He's not allowed That's to continue. It.
0: And she throws it on the pile with the other twigs.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Damn it. So basically, the male spider misrepresents himself and his status in society in order to mate.
1: No, but I see what you're doing.
0: My car's fancy. It's a lease.
1: The uh, the hangfly is is one of those insects that will will bring the lady hangfly food, and while she's eating, he's allowed to breed. But once she's done. Um, he has to wrap it up. She's Mm -hmm. like, nope, we're done. Mm -hmm. Get off of me. Mm -hmm. Um, However, if he finishes mating with her before she's done eating her food...
0: Does she eat him?
1: No, he'll take the rest of the food away (laughs) and give it to another hangfly.
0: So there is an evolutionary incentive to finish quickly.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Oh, good. Yeah. flatworms. are also hermaphrodites. Okay. We've already talked about this. I copied and pasted twice. Okay. So anyway, spiders are
0: dinks. Well, male spiders anyway.
1: It's really, this is something that probably we'll do again because there are a lot of really interesting uh, rituals uh, regarding the sexual nature of of certain species um one of the things that i thought was really interesting is uh there is a ted talk about bonobos Mm -hmm. and how they are just really super sexual creatures and uh they behave more like people do than any other animal right they also uh have been known to use sex as currency So if they, like, want something that the other bonobo has, they Uh might be like, all right, well, let's do it and give me those bananas, which I think is amazing.
2: (laughs) It's amazing.
1: Legalize bonobo sex work.
0: That's what I
2: say. (laughs) It's the part of the podcast that bakes for 15 minutes at 400 degrees and smells vaguely of venison and leftover cabbage. This is
0: That Thing in the Middle. Here are some examples when Siri totally owned people. Asking stupid questions. Number five. Siri, what should I wear for Halloween?
1: You could go as an eclipse. Just dress in black and stand in front of things.
0: Number four. Siri, does a Lannister always pay his debt?
1: That's like asking if winter is coming.
0: Is winter coming?
1: Does a Lannister always pay his debts?
0: Number three. Siri, will you be my valentine?
1: Aw, that's sweet, but I, uh, already, um, have plans. Yeah, I have plans.
0: Number two, Siri, do you want to see me naked?
1: I have everything I need in the cloud.
0: And number one, Siri, do you want to dance?
1: I'm never going to dance again. These guilty feet have got no rhythm. Wait, I don't have feet.
0: (laughs) This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca.
1: And when kids can start to reason that they get something, if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them.
0: Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. at checkout and you will save thanks aura frames for bringing my family a little bit closer
2: the only podcast you're listening to at this exact moment don't think we don't notice things like that this is the box of oddities we
1: got an email um at curator at the box of oddities.com From Becky. Becky, I hope you intended us to share this because we're 100% going to. (laughs) Becky writes, I love your show. I often feel like a freak for the things I believe in and my love of hearing about things that go on in the world we know little about. You guys make me feel like maybe I'm not so odd. Um, You are 100% not odd. I often mess up my words or sentences to the point that my family doesn't even correct me anymore. (laughs) There's a time I remember vividly because I was so embarrassed that I must share with you. I was in my 20s, and I was out at a bar doing what you do. It was my turn to buy the drinks, so I went up to the bartender, and I ordered three Le Bites ass. And the bartender looked at me funny and said, what? And I didn't realize what I had said, and I was so clearly annoyed at him, and I repeated slowly and loudly... Three, la bite's ass. He just looked at me and said, what is that, French? <laughs> and then I realized what I had said, and I just pointed to the empty bottles of la bat's ice uh-huh. that I had, and I said, three of these.
2: Yeah.
0: In writing, that says, L.A. Bites ass. Right. You know, which I don't find to be true. No.
1: No. Sometimes, she writes, I think my mouth can't keep up with my mind. That may be what it
0: is.
1: (laughs) Thank you guys for such a wonderful podcast and your kindness. Thanks, Becky.
2: Thanks,
0: Becky.
1: Thank you, Becky. Thank you. You're a treat.
0: A few episodes ago, I was talking about my unfortunate incident uh, when I had remnants of spray adhesive on my hands and I I had to urinate. That didn't end up well. Mm. Rita writes, my late husband was an amazing cook. We were newlyweds at the time and well... He thought he got all the jalapenos and juice off his hands and from under his fingernails. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Lots of crying. Oh, my God. Oh, my. My, my, my. That's spicy. Five stars.
1: Tell me a story, fancy man.
0: All right, I will. James Gray claimed he, claimed he was 17. When he enlisted in His Majesty's Army in London in uh, 1747, now the guy that enlisted him, uh, the corporal, uh, was said to be a little bit of a rogue. Uh, he he recruited people for the army unscrupulously. Got it. And so, even though James Gray claimed to be 17, there was really no proof of anything, you know, in his.
1: In he was his- like, "That's good enough for me." Yep,
0: sign him up. So the army was moving north, and uh, the 6th marched to Carlisle, and that took 22 days of marching. James set about learning how to handle arms and perform drills, very quick to learn, and the company officers started to notice James's progress. One of James's sergeants named uh, Davis. His eye was caught by a local girl who was underage, like 12. And he set his sights on, he wanted to seduce this girl and rape her. This was James's sergeant. Okay. And he ordered James to help him do that. But instead of helping the sergeant, James warned the girl and she avoided him was able to, you know, get away. The sergeant was pissed, very upset.
1: So did he know that James had warned her?
0: Yes. Okay. Yep. And so he charged James with neglect of duty, and this was a pretty serious offense. He was sentenced to 600 lashes with a whip for not helping a sergeant rape a a minor. Now, this punishment, that's pretty vicious. It's rough, for sure. 600 lashes with a whip. So they tied James to the barrack door, and they whipped James 500 times. He didn't peep once. Now... This is, some, this is like a 17-year-old boy. Didn't utter a word. 500 lashes. Didn't complain at all.
1: I bet even... I mean, the lasher has to be exhausted at this point. They have to trade off, don't they? I,
0: I think it would be tag team lashing.
1: Tag team. Back again. Check it. Direct it. Let's begin.
0: Not even a whimper okay. from James. The flesh in his back was all ripped up. Sure. He was bleeding. 500 lashes. Not a whimper. The officers so admired James's courage that they canceled the last 100 lashes. Wow. They said, this kid's got balls. We like this guy. So he was in Fraser's regiment of Marines and was appointed assistant steward and cook to the officer's mess on the sloop Swallow. And they sailed to the East Indies. They made for Fort David's, which was on the coast of Coromandel. Now, the Marines disembarked there and they were there to help support the existing army that was in place so james found himself at the center of the fighting now this is somebody has no experience really other than just like yeah i'll sign up right and taking 500 lashes he witnessed the explosion of the enemy magazine which ended uh, that particular engagement then they were ordered to march to another battlefield during that march, they had to forge a chest-high river while being fired upon by the French. That sounds terrible. James was wounded about a dozen times. Oh, my goodness. Forging that river.
1: Well, plus, I mean, it, I'm sorry, how soon after the lashings was this? Because, I mean, infection's got to be a real concern.
0: I don't have that information, but based on uh, the amount of time it would take to say, I would say a couple of months, Oh, maybe, okay, something okay, like okay, that. Okay. So he had all of these wounds, but he made a full recovery and he was made an ordinary seaman. And he served in this position under two ships, gained the nickname Molly because 17 year old kid, he had smooth face, you know, they thought he looked.
1: Oh, just a, yeah. a feminine name.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pretty good-natured about it. He was popular, mixed well with all the fellow sailors.
1: What year is this now?
0: 1747. Okay. So James finished duty on the man of war, Eltham, in 1750. And that was the end of James' military career. On June 2nd of 1750, that same year, he was hanging out at uh, at a London pub with a bunch of his fellow Marines. And he said, I need to make an announcement. Quote, Why, gentlemen, James Gray will cast off his skin like a snake and become a new creature. In a word, gentlemen, I am as much a woman as my mother ever was, and my real name is Hannah Snell. This was a woman who masqueraded as a man and became a hero on the battlefield, and nobody suspected. (gasps) Girl. For over two years, she had concealed her true sex while serving in a regiment of the Royal Marines. She sailed to India, through great storms, fought in mud-filled trenches at the siege of Ponte and she was wounded many times. In fact, when she was wounded 12 times crossing that river, one of those wounds was in the groin area. She was shot in the groin. And in order to avoid detection, she crawled off into the bushes and extracted the bullets herself.
2: What?
0: And then continued fighting
1: that's nuts or yes it's not
0: so here is the story of hannah snell she was born in 1723 the daughter of samuel snell a worcester hosier and dyer and mary williams who was his second wife Uh, her parents both died when she was 17 three years later she found some short-lived happiness with a guy whose name was uh jane sums and they got married and this guy was a was an asshole. He mm. mistreated her. He beat her. Um, she became pregnant and he just disappeared. So she took care of the baby, but the baby died. And she had nothing really in her mind at the time left to live for. So she decided she was going to hunt this guy down. Her husband who...
1: Abandoned her and her Abused baby. her
0: and abandoned her and the baby. And she thought the best way to travel for free would be to join... The army smart yep
1: that's a rough way to go if i had to choose between paying for a flight and getting a flight for free but i had to be shot 12 times
0: <laughs> in the groin mm, yeah actually it was only only five bullets i don't know in the what's groin. the airline yeah <laughs> right and that's another thing too it wasn't just one bullet five bullets in the groin five that she extracted on her own in the bushes While she was in Lisbon during her tour of duty, uh, she heard some news of her husband. But what she learned was that uh, he had been executed in Genoa for murder.
1: Oh, so he was, I mean, all around. He's a good guy. Just making horrible choices.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Well, now what?
0: Well, when she announced to her friends in the pub that she was, in fact, a woman, her mates encouraged her to make the most of her extraordinary story. They were supportive. They were like, Whoa, this is great.
1: That's awesome.
0: They suggested that she request a pension from the head of the English army, who was uh, the Duke of Cumberland. And she did that on June 16, 1750, uh, while the Duke was reviewing troops in St. James Park. She just came up to him and handed him a petition. Within days, the news of her story was starting to get around trickled into the london press and people wanted to hear more the army awarded her all of her uh, benefits as a veteran nice and she immediately sold her story to a london publisher and she started appearing on stage in uniform this caused quite a sensation i'm sure um it spread all across britain she found herself being welcomed as a celebrity from june through september of that same year She demonstrated military exercises on stage dressed in uniform. She sang patriotic tunes that were written about her.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Including lyrics like, Never yet did any woman more for love and glory do. I mean, she was considered a hero for about three or four months.
1: Oh no. Her time
0: as a celebrity uh, did not last very long. The audiences started to grow tired of her. She was no longer the... The big headline the war heroine turned starlet it was uh it was pretty much over her moment in the sun she couldn't cash in on her celebrity anymore she retired to a semi-quiet family life within 10 years she uh after she left the stage she married a guy named richard isles who was a carpenter at newbury she had two sons George and Thomas. That marriage didn't last very long. We don't know what happened, but the record shows that Snell married again in 1722 to a man named Richard Habgood. In her later life, her health began to decline. She spent time living with her eldest son, George. Then her um, mental acuity started to to suffer. She was admitted into uh, Bethlehem Royal Hospital, more notoriously known as Bedlam. Ah. And that's where she died. Oh. Probably of syphilis. On August 6, 1791, she received celebrity and fame after her return from the Navy. But unfortunately, that fame was, was fleeting and um, ultimately died of syphilis alone, literally in bedlam.
1: Oh. Is there some sort of twisty turny to this? Because it's a real bummer way to end that story.
0: No, that's pretty much it. Oh.
1: Okay, I'm going to go get the dogs.
0: <laughs> Even though it didn't end good during her lifetime, she is remembered fondly in her hometown and thought of still today as a heroine. And her portrait hangs in a local museum there.
1: Well, I had never heard of her. That is an incredible story. I love the, the idea that nobody knew until <laughs> after she was just in a bar. I'm guessing she'd had a few drinks, and she was like, (laughs) all right, guys, here's the deal.
2: Yeah.
0: It's
1: a vagina, and that's what we're going to do Yeah, from now on.
0: There are a few bullet holes in it, but it's a vagina.
1: That's so rad.
0: That's amazing that she was so committed to not giving up that secret that she pulled those musket balls out herself. Oh, my God. Hannah Snell, a.k.a. James Gray, who, by the way, that was the name of her brother-in-law. She borrowed his clothing oh really? and his name to enlist as a 17-year-old boy. She was actually 26, a 26-year-old female at the time. Wow. I got my information for this from Wikipedia, Women's womensmuseum.wordpress.com, Berkshire History, and also the book Hannah Snell, The Secret Life of a Female Marine by Matthew Stevens, Which is pretty much available everywhere. And by everywhere, I mean, you know, Amazon. Internets. The internets.
1: There's a lot that could be said about sex and uh, gender identity and roles in society um, that that would speak to, um, I think... Oftentimes the perception of women in combat and women as men, men as women in society. Um, There's a lot to be said about Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm very hungry and (laughs) um, I think we should talk about it on another day.
0: Here we go again. We got to stop recording the, the episodes right before dinner because this is how we've ended the episode I think like the last five times uh, Okay, that's great Gotta eat now, bye
1: I am a delicate flower and I require sustenance
0: The Box of Oddities will be back on your phone Monday morning, we look forward to seeing you then
1: Until then, keep flying that freak flag
2: Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you and its fate is in your hands Therefore, it's been requested by those I report to, to beseech you for assistance. The box of oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask, three things and three things only. Henceforth, The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.